Welcome to this episode of the Million Dollar Mastermind. I'm Larry Wydell, and before we get started, if you want to know exactly how to win again and again, go to WydellOnWinning.com forward slash webinar now to watch something I've put together for you. Now let's get going into this episode of Million Dollar Mastermind. I am here with Scott Ellison. He's co-founder CEO of East West Manufacturing. Annual revenues of the company are, let's see, I don't even have those figures. I know <laughs> we're, uh, we're closing in on half a billion. Oh, billion. Okay. <laughs> I've got a B instead of a, an M there. So clo closing in on half a billion. Yeah. And uh, uh, global manufacturing, China, Vietnam, India, and... Uh, Costa Rica, Co Canada. Coast really? Yeah. And, and so uh, do a lot of traveling. Uh, in normal times? Yeah, normal, my, my 100th trip to China was back in 2011, and I, I stopped counting. But uh, yeah, I, we've, we've got, uh, I like to visit our sites as much as I can. Uh, and we've got, we've got eight fully owned factories across the globe and a whole bunch of offices. And, um, yeah, so it's, I took a little break from COVID, haven't been outside the country. Actually, I did do a couple trips to Canada. Um, but uh, things are starting to pick back up and I'm starting to get back on the road. Just yeah. You know, they used to say the uh, footprints of management were the greatest fertilizers for business, but uh, I, I think that changed somewhat here in the last year or yeah. somehow uh, businesses have been able to keep going, but special challenges when your uh, business is scattered around the globe. How have you guys, how have, how have you, uh, responded that might have been unique might have been unique i mean i think um you know we, we were fortunate that you know, that the vast majority uh, you know of, of the products we manufacture are essential uh for, for business and uh so we had to keep the plants running keep the supply chains moving uh, we, I think our, our teams just did a great job of making sure the facilities were safe and our employees felt safe um, you know, and I think we did a good job keeping our, our culture and, and our, our collaboration going as, as best as we could through, through all this. And I think if anything's unique is, you know, we, we were able to grow the company, continue to grow the company, uh, at a healthy clip, uh, through COVID our, our five-year growth rate, uh, is, is still over 40% a year. Uh, and, and, uh, we're, we're going to do it again this year. So. And we've been buying, we completed seven acquisitions in the last five, four years. And, uh, and you know, we've, we're working hard to integrate those businesses and, uh, get, you know, get on the same page as far as culture and purpose. And uh, we, we've been able to do a great job through that as well uh, through, through the COVID. And now let's talk about scale. Uh, how many, uh, let's run through those numbers again, you know, countries, factories, uh, the overview employees moving yeah, so, parts in this thing. Uh, <laughs> so I, I don't want I don't want to get you depressed about what you got to keep up with, but yeah. it would help to get an overview of it. Yeah, we're right around three thousand employees globally. Uh, we've got I don't know professional staff has to be I, I don't have a recent number, but it's you know uh, four, probably five hundred or so, and and then uh, salaried staff, and then 
uh, engineers, 125 engineers in the company. We've got eight facilities, fully owned facilities, and uh, we operate, we have operations in 14 um, different locations. I don't know how many countries that is anymore. Probably, I guess probably seven or eight countries. The moving parts, you know, people would look at, at, at and product lines, how many product lines do you, do you think I, of, do you break your things up like that or? I don't, I mean, uh, I know we've got north of 400 customers and we focus on products that we think make the world a better place and improve our lives. Uh, and we've got several hundred products that would, would, would fit that definition. And for us, that's things that make the world smarter, safer, healthier, and, and cleaner or greener. Uh, so we're big on energy saving products and uh, technology products. Medical is a big category for us. We were doing a lot around COVID last year with ventilators and respirators, um, oxygen dispensers. Uh, but our core products are, we do a lot in air conditioning, a lot in robotics. Uh, and then um, we've gotten into health and fitness. So we're making some pretty high end exercise equipment uh, for, for uh, you know, virtual training in your basement, things like that. And would we know uh, any of those brands? Uh, you would. Okay. <laughs> and I, I'm, <laughs> you definitely would. Okay. Uh, and, and so the thing is, as you go through it, like, let's just look at the last year. Uh, how do you, you know, you talked about not only surviving, but growing during that time. And people will look at a position that you're in and say, Lord, how would you do it? But I'm guessing you basically do it one day at a time, one issue at a time, and try and uh, uh, work through things so they don't come up again and use it to improve. How did you, how do yeah. you describe that process? I mean, a lot of it comes down to the kind of the culture of the business. One of the things I mean, there's kind of several fundamentals, I guess, that we've tried to incorporate into the business uh, from, from the day you know I started the business 20 years ago, which is five people. Um, you know, it's thinking about we wanted to create an environment where it's safe to make uh, to, to take chances and and to make mistakes, but also a, a, a company where. When mistakes are made, those those are seen as opportunities for us to get better and stronger and really differentiate ourselves from the competition. And so there aren't a lot of companies that, that I've been in where, where that's the case. But we, you know, maybe if I'm an entrepreneur, I want everybody else here thinking uh, also like they're an entrepreneur and the owner in the business and, and thinking about how we can become a better company all the time. And how does that play out? Uh in real life, how you empower your people and that that type of thing? So the, the, the big things you're looking for is alignment, you know, across the organization, make sure that uh, expectations, you know, start, there's a, there's a whole process. You, you gotta, you gotta create, well, where are we all headed? You know, what are we trying to accomplish? And then let's, then let's, you know, we get that really clearly defined. You know, what does our 10 year vision look like? What does our three year vision look like? What, what are we gonna look like in three years? And then, you know, and that's across all kinds of functional areas. Is it, you know, what, what's, our, what's our revenue going to be? What's our margin going to be? What's our, what's our customer profile going to be? What's our infrastructure going to be to support that? What, what kind of company are we going to be to come to work for? Uh, and, then, and then let's break that down even further into, well, what are we going to get done this year? 
uh, to, to, to make that happen and, and who's going to be accountable for each of those things uh, and, and, uh, and what tools do they need to make that happen. Uh, and, and, uh, and then we, once that is, once that's done and we do this every year in, uh, in, in terms of creating the strategy for the year and, and, and defining all the, we call them rocks. We, a lot of this came out of the book, uh, traction. Um, it's okay. called an EOS system, entrepreneurial operating system. Uh, and so that gets defined and then each of those activities gets, uh, assigned to a person and they're held accountable. It goes into their, um, uh, what we call their quarterly performance report, uh, and uh, and they get to report on the status of those uh, key initiatives every quarter to the whole company, uh, and then they meet with their their managers, uh, you know, on, on a regular basis. But that we get re- everybody gets reviewed quarterly, where those uh, initiatives get discussed and um, prioritized. Hey. Listen, there's a lot of information online, but there aren't a lot of people who have actually done something. In my case, I've actually built a successful business that's accrued over $5 billion in assets under management and has done well even during trying times. Now, if you want to know exactly how I've done this, go to whiteellenwinning.com forward slash webinar now. I've compressed a decade of learning into five short weeks just for those of you who want to give yourself an incredible advantage and are tired of waiting and watching others move up. How did you come to get a clear idea of the culture you wanted to create 20 years ago? That had to somehow happen before you started this thing you you had to be going through some experiences that got you thinking about the the right way to build uh, a major global corporation what it turned into you know to get the fundamentals right yeah so, I mean, seeing what works and what doesn't work and i was i was fortunate enough my, you know my first job out of college i worked for a company that was very entrepreneurial they had invented disposable, minimally invasive surgical instruments uh, down in Miami and uh, really fast growing company. They licensed that technology to Ethicon and Boston Scientific. And they they uh, they started just receiving uh, huge volumes of orders quite quickly. Um, I was in charge of manufacturing for their biggest product line, which is their biopsy forcep line. So that gave me an exposure to really kind of an, you know, and they were, they were in a high tech company and they were, uh, kind of a, a cool uh, culture for, for that period of time. And, and uh, so I left there to become a, a, a global strategy consultant for PricewaterhouseCoopers. And uh, I was spent a hundred percent of my time traveling and meeting with big companies. And, uh, and how did you qualify? how did you qualify for that job? You so know, they, what led you to that job? Yeah. So they, they were, this is back when supply chain was, it was a new term back in the early nineties. And they were looking for, uh, you know, first of all, folks that could travel a lot, uh, but also engineers with a lot of them with MBAs uh, that could understand both the, the business. And, uh, and, and I think my I was always uh, I was anal- I've always been analytical uh, implementer and change manager and, you know, help, and trying to help uh, incentivize and encourage folks to lead teams and, and to get things done. And so when uh, when they hired me on. 
uh, to, to on their supply chain group. My my job was to help companies optimize their supply chains to think about well, where is the best place to manufacture this product? Where's the best place to have a distribution center? How best to set up our distribution centers? You know, across the the, the country, and you know, often in my role in that was to to really be uh, on the ground helping the, the leaders of those companies think about how to develop the plans and implement them. And so that was really incredible experience at a young age. Um, and But I also got to see a variety of different cultures uh, in businesses. And, uh, you know, to be honest, I mean, a lot of times I thought, geez, if these guys can, can make money and, and be successful, I've got a chance at doing this myself. I mean, I learned a lot about what not to do uh, as well as what, what, to, what, what works. Uh, and so that was great experience because I got to be in and out of a lot of companies at over a very short period of time. Well, when you get into companies as an outsider, a lot of times you're not that welcome. But the big guys who are making the decisions, they've got to welcome you because they authorize you to come in. And yeah. so well, they, and they pay as consultants for PwC, they pay you a lot of money to, to yeah. get done. You know, you, you're, it's, it's high pressure. Yeah, and uh, but I guess when you once you get in the door, you're talking to the people who work for these people and the uh, uh, corporate, the decision making level. Yeah. And I guess you find out, you know, the CEO is going to has a vision of how things work, kind of like a general, you know, yeah. in the, uh, and uh, they a lot of pontification, you know, in, in our business. We, we built organizations and, and it was people are always wanting to hear from the most successful, fastest growing current leader. And you'd bring them in and they would talk, well, in our organization, we do things this way. And I, I always got a big laugh out of that because I had one of the biggest organizations and I knew nobody did anything the way I told them how to do it. You know, it'd be like in, in, like in kindergarten level. Yes, they do it the way. Uh, you're telling them, but once they get on their own, they've got the fundamentals down. If you give them the freedom and you give them the opportunity, they're going to develop their own stuff. And they might, you might think they're doing things the way the presentations, the way you told them and all of that, but they're going to be evolving constantly. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you know, I, I learned early on that if you, if you treat folks, uh, employees like, uh, like adults, they're going to act like adults. If you're going to treat them like uh, micromanage them and treat them like like uh, adolescents, they're they're going to act like adolescents. And so, uh, giving folks the freedom to to, uh, to to think and and create and and uh, and, and improve, um, you know, that you you want to leverage that brain power across the organization. And so, so early on, you know, back to to when I was working for that medical device company down in Miami, uh, my my first. Uh, responsibility with them was to to go out on the floor and look at the assembly lines and figure out ways because we were growing so fast uh, to see that ways that we could drive efficiency across uh, production lines. And so the first thing I did is I sat down at the, the assembly line would have, I don't know, 20, 20 or 25 stations on it. And so I went to each station starting at the beginning and said, hey, I, I want to understand what you're doing. Show me your your job, what, what, what it is, and, and teach me how to do it. 
I want to be able to do it myself. And so I'd spend, you know, an hour or two learning what they're doing. And then typically I would say, well, what do you, do you have any ideas on, on what we could do to make your job easier, to make it you know, faster, more efficient, you know, any, any wasted activities you're doing that we could, we could work on. And it was amazing how much, once, once they knew I wasn't threatening to them, that I was really there to help, how many ideas that, that, that they were just started free flowing. And, you know, and, I, and I'd work my way down the line and inevitably I'd hear somebody say, well, you know, every, every, uh, you know, 20 minutes, I got to get up, I got to walk to the other side of the room, I got to get this hard and bring it back to the line, you know, and that's really inconvenient. And I would say something like, well, what if we just got that and moved it right next to you so you didn't have to get up all the time? And, and they'd look at me out of amazement, like, what do you mean? You can do that? <laughs> and I'd, right. be like, well, I'd be like, well, yeah, we can do that. And, and, um, and so next thing I knew that everybody was engaged on the line to figure out, well, how can we, how can we improve together and, and share ideas and get stronger? But, and, and, and it wasn't mine. All I did in that was I was just an enabler. And, uh, and, and it was all the brain power on the line of the folks that were doing it day in and day out. That was really where the power was. And, and, uh, and so I, I learned that early on that if I can use, create that in an organization where everybody felt like they were free to share ideas and how we could make our organization better. And not only that, that they understand how they could succeed, uh, how, how that success also translated down to them, how they could be part of that, um, I, I thought was was would be hugely powerful. Uh, so that's always what I've tried to create in East West. I, you know, we're, we're a transparent company. We share our performance across the organization. Everybody knows how we're doing, how they're doing, and how they benefit uh, from the success of the company, and not, and also what they need to be doing if they want to grow in the organization. What things they need to be uh, working on, and what that path could look like. If you enjoyed what you've heard and are dead serious about finding out for yourself exactly how this works in the real world, I've taken the most valuable business lessons I've learned over 40 years and put them into something for you to watch. Go to whiteellenwinning.com forward slash webinar now in order to move up as fast as possible. I'm Larry Whitell and I run the Million Dollar Mastermind. Go, go, go.